Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And this is Big. Strong. Yes. Welcome to Big Strong Yes, the show where we share our journey of reading three books that are inspiring us to embrace courage, creativity, and the call to adventure. Rising Strong by Dr. Brene Brown, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Today's episode is our Year of Yes finale, which I can't believe. Thank you to everyone who (laughs) called in to share your voices on the show. We will play those messages at the end of the episode. And next week is our Big Strong Yes finale episode, the whole thing. We're going to come here. We're going to talk about our favorite parts of the show as a whole. So it's going to be something of a clip show. Should be kind of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. I think it's going to yeah. be really cool. I it's just... fun. I've been listening to the episodes and kind of reliving where I was at that point, you yeah. know, and, and moving into where I am now and all of the, it's, it's crazy because it's such a documentation of this entire healing process. And, uh, and I don't know, um, it's, it's kind of crazy and it's sort of sad that it has to come to an end, but I think that it's, I think that it's good. I think it's good too. It is. I am sad too, but yeah, it, it's been one hell of a ride. <laughs> it has. It has. And there's so many favorite parts to pick out, you know, yeah. over all the episodes that we've done. So that show finale will be really fun. That is. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking yeah. forward to that and kind of going back and, and reliving all of that stuff, you know, yeah. and I'm listening to all the old episodes and just thinking about like where I was at that time and where I am now and how much has changed. You don't think about how much progress you've made until you look back, Yeah, you know, and this <laughs> is such a documentation of this, this process of moving through trauma, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. It really <laughs> is. And, and I think it's been kind of a journey of coming home to myself for mm-hmm. me and, yeah. If you had told me some of the things that I was going to talk about on the show when we had started, <laughs> I would have said you'd had way too much whiskey. <laughs> I know, but it was funny because from the beginning, you were so about like, I'm going to talk about these books. I'm going to give citations. I'm going to talk about the, you know, mm-hmm. and then like you just opened up. You know, and it was so hard in the beginning, and yet you you moved so fast through all of this stuff into being, you know, the Dr. Jones that you are today, and it's it's really really great to hear. Well, I've had one hell of a role model. <laughs> so, sweet. how was your homework this week? Speaking of modeling excellent My behavior, <laughs> homework, right? <laughs> All right. So last week, I was supposed to list three actions that show my love for myself, Mm -hmm. which got me thinking about self-love in general, which is, of course, a concept that I've never really made workable in my life. Like I've always (laughs) I've always thought about it as this nice kind of thing, you know, like healthy diet and exercise, like one of these things. It's like just this kind of concept, but actually applying it becomes a lot more complicated. But I was thinking about how like my whole life, I've always looked to having a man love me as some kind of validation, right? Like if he loves me, then I must be worthy, you know? And as such, I brought men into my life who 
kind of needed me to build them up as well. You know, I became responsible for making him feel good about himself. And that, of course, was a bottomless pit of need. I could never fill their bottomless pits. And of course, they could never fill mine. So it was just an exercise in futility. (laughs) And I don't want that anymore. I feel like I want someone to love me because it'll make me feel better. So like, I still have that like desire for that but honestly like I don't think it will it never has traditionally you know and I think that the someone that I need to love me is me and I have no fucking idea how to do that you know (laughs) so self-love is not about doing whatever I want whenever I feel like it. You know, it's not about this indulgent receiving side, you know, because I've never been good about that. But it's, it's about the giving side, the part of me that gives to me, you know. And a big part of that is emotional support. Like I'm very good at giving emotional support to other people, but I'm not good at giving it right to myself. Right. So for instance, if a friend, you know, tells me she's tired, she's depressed, she's wiped out. She just cannot work today. My answer to that would be, baby, just take the day off. It's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. when I'm tired and depressed and wiped out and I just can't work, I say to myself, wimp, shut up. People are counting on you. Power the fuck through, right? You know? So this weekend, I said, baby, take the day off, you know? So that's number one that I did for myself. This weekend, I took the day off. I did a little bit of work. I'm not going to lie. I did a little bit of work, but I didn't (laughs) do a ton of work. I didn't work the way that I usually do on Saturday and Sunday, which is from eight o'clock until about eight or nine at night, which is what I usually do on the weekends. Um, So that was number one. And I felt really good about that. Um, This week also, I started a year long project with you and our good friend YG, the yoga goddess, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we have gotten into this habit of making little videos for each other throughout the day, you know, on your phone or whatever. Good morning. I'm going to work. How are you guys? Stuff like that. We've done makeup videos for each other where we show each other how we do our makeup. It's really fun, you know. And um, on Friday, I made a video telling you guys what I'd been thinking about and setting out a year-long project. Yep. Um, So here is a clip of audio from that video that I made for you guys. So I was thinking a lot about, we've been having these discussions about like whether we believe in that one true passionate love, you know, um, And the thing is, like, the realization that I have is that I've had that. Like, I had that. At least I know I can feel that. I know that I can be that part of that. Um, That I can feel that way about somebody. Now, maybe it required the lies and the, the fiction in order for that to happen, in which case it's not real. Or maybe I'm capable of it. Um, And I just would need to find somebody else who's capable of it. And what are the chances, right? You know, um, Kelly, when we were talking on the podcast about Shonda Rhimes' parents in the middle of the night, they would be thinking about the same thing, you know, and you were like, I can't even imagine that. Like I had that. (sighs) He was a sociopath, but I had that. Um, And I'm not saying that, like, I love him or that I want him. 
I think what I'm coming to is this idea that like I desperately want to be loved like that. But the only person I know for sure who can love like that is me, right? So I know I can do it. I know I can do it because I did it. But can I do that for me? Like, can I love me that way? Can I give myself the kind of support and acceptance and encouragement that I gave him? And so, like, my whole thing right now is that's what I need to do. Like, I so desperately want somebody else to do that for me, but they can't. And I don't think they can unless I've already done it for myself, you know. So um, so that's kind of like what I've been thinking about for the last couple of days. And I'm really wondering about whether that's possible for me to be able to do that for myself. So I'm, I'm handing my capability capability, my accountability over to you guys. Um, today is February 16th. Valentine's Day was two days ago, right? So what if I use that as like my one year, like Valentine's Day, which is a stupid fucking holiday of romantic desperation and obligation and I hate it. But like, what if I take that and recharge it and have it be the day and the year, like I've got a year, I've got until next Valentine's Day to figure out how to love myself that way. So that that loop of needing somebody to love me will be me, you know, that I will do that. And then if ever there is a man who is worthy of that, who can do that for himself, who has figured that out, then maybe. I think the chances of that are really slim. Um, but I'll worry about that then. Like, no dating, no men, no romance, nothing. February 14th, I have a year. So every Friday, the three of us are going to be making videos for each other, reporting in how we've made progress with this like falling in love with ourselves thing during that week, you know, and I've got, you know, February 14th, I, I timed it from the 14th, which is Valentine's Day to February 14th of next year. So we've got this this whole year, right? And, you know, what we do can be actions taken, um, realizations and changes in behavior, whatever, as long as it is about self love, you know, and this is private. We're not going to be broadcasting this, you yeah. know, but of <laughs> course, we are in the BSY Discord channel, which is always going to be a thing. So anybody who wants to join that channel, all you have to do is support Chipperish Media to the tune of a dollar a month, which is well worth access to the people who are in that channel because they're amazing. Yes, they are. That's all you need to do. <laughs> and you're in. And that's great. Um, so that was number two was was kind of coming up with this this self-love project, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the three of us are going to be doing that together privately. Um, but anybody else who wants to join in can totally join in. Do it in the in the BSY channel and Discord. That'll be great. Um, and the last thing I did was I bought myself a ring. 
Um, for the last 20 years, I have had a ring on my left hand that symbolized a man's possession of me uh, for most of the last 20 years. And my thumb automatically goes to that space all the time checking for the ring. You know, even now I kept waiting for that to finish that I was looking for this ring there, but I'm always looking for that ring, you know? And the thing is that I, I don't want anyone else to ever place a ring there again. So I decided that I'm going to do it. And I bought myself a ring. It's a Trinity ring. It has an amethyst stone. Uh, the Celtic Trinity symbol represents a lot of things. You know, when the Christians conquered the Celtic nations, they repurposed it, making it about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's not for me. Originally, it was a symbol of the triple goddess, maid, mother, and crone. Now, I have been both maid and mother, and I'm quickly hurtling toward crone, you know, <laughs> so, but I prefer to think of that as the wise woman. Thank you very much. And amethyst has a lot of meaning that I think is actually really important for me. Um, the word itself comes from the Greek amethystos, which means basically sober or not intoxicated. Um, and the thing about intoxicated is that there's the root of toxic in there, right? Mm -hmm. And I was born into a toxic environment. And then when I left that toxic environment, I recreated it. <laughs> because <laughs> I still needed to deal with it, I guess. And I found other people, you know, trying to, to get them to give me something that in the end, I think I needed to give myself, you know. Um, so the thing is, as one of the many stories goes, there's a bunch of different stories about, you know, the, the amethyst thing. But as one of the stories goes, the wine god Bacchus fell in love with one of Aphrodite's nymphs, amethyst. And he kept bugging her and bugging her. And she was like, dude, slow your roll. I'm just not interested. Right. <laughs> She asked Aphrodite for protection from Bacchus's constant bullshit, and Aphrodite responded by turning Amethyst into a white crystal. Heartbroken and unable to just leave it alone, Bacchus then poured his wine over the crystal, making it purple forever. So let's see. A man decides he wants a woman. The only way for her to escape him is to become hard as stone and dead inside. And even then he marks her forever with his stain because he can't stand for something not to be his. And then he probably went on Twitter and told his supporters that she lied about him anyway, whatever. So <laughs> the bottom line in the end is that he could never touch her again. And that's what I'm taking away from this. Amethyst has protective qualities. It keeps away toxicity and anything that comes at me that is toxic will be bounced away. So when I put that ring on my finger, um, I let it put a shield around me and that no bullshit can get past that shield. So these are my three things. I took a day off. I set up a year long project for myself and my friends where we were going to find a way to become our own one true loves. <laughs> and I bought myself a ring, you know, and I swore off romantic relationships for a year. <laughs> That's good. I've gone on a couple of dates. I've met a couple of men, but I just cannot put my energy into a man at this point. A man will not fill the spaces in me that need filling. I know that sounds dirty, but that's not what I mean. <laughs> Talking about emotional spaces. Grow up, y'all. Um, so that's where I am. That's my homework. Wow. 
That's yeah, such right? an amazing homework report. I feel I feel like ordinarily with homework, I'm like, eh, I didn't do it or I did it half assed. I think I, I think I killed the homework this week. I think you kicked homework ass this Thank week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Holy cow. <laughs> like normally I'd give you an A plus, but I think this is like a B for badass on homework. That's this is right. Fantastic. And that's right. Like I love the fact that you set up this project and roped me into it but yes of course it's, I did, as I always it's do like, it's so you to set up a project and then do it in collaboration with someone else yeah. like it, because you know you expand I expand like your whole philosophy right. just shines through in that um and the ring is beautiful thank you and you gave yourself love a beautiful manicure to go with it which was I great. did and it looks beautiful and I'm really happy with it so yeah. these are all you know that's all self-love stuff yeah and but I'll tell you my birthstone is amethyst and I'd never heard oh. the story so oh. like this was so cool for me I to have like, your birthstone you have my, my birthstone yes you oh do oh my god and you know what the Celtic uh trinity yep. not is actually, and I didn't know this when I bought the ring, but is really representative of the third, you know, woman in our little trinity here, which is the yoga goddess, Yep. right? Because she has a lot of that symbolism in her stuff. So, wow. So I actually have a ring on my finger that is both of you. I love that. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a very it special, so cool. very special ring. So, yeah. wow. Like, that's just amazing homework to end our homework on. <laughs> I feel, I feel really good about that. So how was your homework? How'd you do? Well, <laughs> if you had any idea the amount of cussing and uh, shitty first drafts, did you curse my name, baby? It's okay if you did. Oh my God. So, my homework was to list three things I need permission for and then have you grant me permission, like big sister style. That's right. This was the most difficult BSY homework I have had, mm-hmm. hands down. Wow. I mean, I was well and truly flummoxed. Like, mm-hmm. and the rebel in me resisted this so much. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> if I have swagger on one shoulder and badassery on the other, why the hell do I need permission? Like, that was, <laughs> it was just like, I am not going to do this. <laughs> so I tried to approach this analytically, right? By doing some writing and critical reflection. And like, did you define terms yes this whole thing (laughs) about how is being granted permission different than being Mm -hmm. granted a wish like yes let me write an academic statement about (laughs) the difference between these these two things so and then I was like well if I found a genie like what would I actually wish for and I was like probably nothing well okay like superpower dominion over storms and thunder and lightning and like yeah. one hell of a ride in the TARDIS but that would be all <laughs> like, you know because yeah. the truth is I don't believe much in wishing anymore like mm-hmm. not in that sort of innocent way that mm-hmm. I used to yeah I think I spent half my life wishing yeah and really thinking that's what magic was all about like Maybe fairy godmothers might actually exist, or maybe shooting stars really can grant your heart's desire. But honey, if I have a fairy godmother, she needs serious remedial training. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, am, I mean, that damn. bitch is falling down on the job. Yeah. <laughs> so now, like, older and wiser, I believe in wanting. And yeah. I think keeping myself 
in defining my terms, keeping myself clear on the difference between wishing and wanting. You uh-huh. know, they're the two sides of desire. But if it's something I can't drive, like if my actions can't influence the outcome, if I can't actually make it happen, then mm-hmm. it's a wish. And if it's a wish, it's outside of my badassery, right? Mm-hmm. Love where I have fiercely chosen and have been fiercely chosen in return is a wish. I can mm-hmm. be open to it, but I can't make that happen. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that I can act toward, that I can accomplish through badassery, you know, something I can give focus and energy to and shape or build or do, then it's a want. Mm-hmm. I want to write. I can direct my path there. And so knowing what I want is sort of the first step to saying yes. Mm -hmm. And that's all well and good. But it was a fantastic analytical dodge from actually doing the homework. <laughs> no, it was very, it was very nicely done, Doctor Jones. Thank you, very, very much. nicely done. <laughs> and I, it was like I had to reread that and thought I didn't actually answer the damn question. <laughs> so I had to go back to the the question that bothered me so much, which is why do I need permission for any of this in the first place? You know, I make decisions in my life on my own. Mm-hmm. pursuing degrees and certifications, building a career, moving every important decision about my child. Like there's mm-hmm. no one else to help or hinder those choices. I'm driven. I get things done. I take care of people and I know how to love. Like I have a good mm-hmm. heart despite many faults and I know how to love people well. Now I can mm-hmm. tune in to what people need and give empathy and encouragement and comfort. Mm-hmm. And there's that old idea that you can't really love anyone else until you love yourself. And I call blah, bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. Like, right? I totally call bullshit on that. <laughs> because I damn well love other people. Yeah. And I'm capable mm-hmm. of loving deeply and passionately and even loving unconditionally. But the kind of love I'm used to receiving is conditional. You know, it's yeah. demanding and it's performative. And I'm only loved when I do certain things or behave certain ways. And when I fall out of line, I'm not worthy of love anymore. Like Mm -hmm. that's the message I was raised on. And the men in my life picked that ball up and ran with it, you know, (laughs) leaving me bruised and and heartbroken. Mm -hmm. And so I think the real reason I need permission is not so much about the grain of wishes, but about wanting unconditional love. You know, to know that I can do the things I want to do and be the woman I really am and still be loved, like that I can be loved just for being me. Yeah. And that might be the most vulnerable fucking thing I've ever said in my life. And I'm saying it on a podcast, which is just great. (laughs) But it's true, you know. Mm -hmm. And so now here's this incredible woman, this podcasting partner, my sister (laughs) in every sense of the word, willing to give me blanket permission for any three things I ask for. And I'm like, how can I ask for permission to be and do and feel whatever I want without also being a narcissistic asshole? Oh. So, like, by the time I was done with that shitty first draft, I was <laughs> <laughs> frustrated beyond the telling. This homework sure. was fucking hard. Oh, my God. So finally, finally, I went back to mm-hmm. books. So I went back to the one that shaped me, back to the one that saved me. Back to the Holy Story of My Childhood, which is A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lingle. And so Meg Murray, the protagonist of Mm -hmm. that story, has to face it. It's like a Mm -hmm. terrifying form of oppression and evil. And Mm -hmm. she has the help of three angel, magical, starlight women who give her powerful gifts, like fairy tale style, right? Mm -hmm. And one of them grants Meg permission to stop fighting herself and instead to turn that fight against it. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little passage in the book that says 
Mrs. Watson had said, Meg, I give you your faults. What were her greatest faults? Anger, impatience, stubbornness. Yes, it was to her faults that she turned to save herself now. And rereading that just lit me oh, up. Yeah. And I mean, I loved the book so much. And it made me reflect on my greatest faults. And it was really hard to narrow them down to three. So <laughs> I asked a friend about this who had never read A Wrinkle in Time as a child. And she's mm-hmm. been listening to me like rave about the movie so much that she went and read it. Oh, So yeah. it was still fresh on her mind. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. what do you think of this? And she told me that I actually needed to take a step back and realize mm-hmm. that I need permission just to have faults. Because right. like receiving only conditional love and like a lifetime of criticism has mm-hmm. taught me that I can't be truly loved and also be less than perfect. Right. And I think that's why that book holds such a special place in my heart because mm-hmm. A Wrinkle in Time is a story about love, like about the power and magic and miracle of real love. Mm-hmm. And Meg is given unconditional love from her family, from Mrs. Who and Mrs. Witch and Mrs. Mm-hmm. What's It and Calvin O'Keefe, who was my imaginary book boyfriend for years, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Aunt Beast. And like, mm-hmm. I read this book at least once a year and have since I was seven or eight. And every time, I mean, every single damn time, the scenes with Aunt Beast just make me cry because oh. like, I have never known that kind of comfort and care and unconditional love. At that point in the book, Meg is being awful and angry and mm-hmm. filled with darkness, and Aunt Beast just loves her fiercely. Mm-hmm. So I think in addition to asking for permission to embrace my greatest faults, I need to know that I'm lovable in spite of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So after more analysis and many shitty first drafts and <laughs> a desperate need for whiskey, I made um, a list. I think my three greatest faults are passion, escapism, and stubbornness. So passion makes me overly emotional, dramatic, angry, overly eager, easily hurt, furious, too intense, too distressed. Like passion makes me too much. It's Mm -hmm. me turned up to 11. Passion throws me into the eye of the storm and leaves me there to fend for myself. And passion leads to heartache. And escapism makes me daydream and procrastinate, freeze and run late and fall behind and stay chronically disorganized and distracted (laughs) and undisciplined and get lost in thought and favor story over reality. And escapism stops me from saying yes to hard decisions. Mm -hmm. And stubbornness makes me my own worst enemy. It makes me obstinate and reluctant and resistant and rebellious and hard-headed and stuck. (laughs) Like stubbornness gets in the way of the things I want and the things I need. And it keeps old mental models running strong. So it -hmm. stops me from loving myself, appreciating my body, celebrating my strengths, showing myself kindness and doing the things I love most. Mm-hmm. stubbornness is a trap and it's one I set for myself so often I don't really even know how to fight against it yeah and so I wrote all that out and then I thought Lonnie's gonna make me freaking turn the shit around <laughs> what is it reframe that shit oh bitch? my god no <laughs> reframe that shit bitch all week I've been RTSB back at Kelly <laughs> like every, I have it in my head now like anytime I, I say something i can hear you saying reframe that shit bitch so i went ahead and did it i was like all right oh good girl what are the positives of these faults Mm -hmm. right well passion also makes me fierce and joyful and affectionate and warm and loving and curious and encouraging and enthusiastic and escapism also makes me a lover of story and a romantic Mm -hmm. an idealist a reader 
Um, mm-hmm. Escapism makes me hopeful and creative and thoughtful, and it gives me vision for what might be possible. It's also what lets me believe in magic and mysticism and divinity. Mm-hmm. And stubbornness makes me tenacious and determined and purposeful. It gives me drive and fuels my badassery, and stubbornness helps me stand the hell back up. Yeah. So I'm asking for permission to embrace my greatest faults and to be loved in spite of them. Permission granted. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I really wish you had a magic wand in your hand when you said that. (laughs) I do. You do. Excellent. How do you know I don't? You're across the country. You don't know what I've got in this little office of mine. I'll choose magic and choose to believe that you have a magic wand in your hands. Choose magic. I do. I do. It's a pen, but it's it's magic. Yeah. Well, there you go. That works for me. The power of the pen works for me. (laughs) The power of the pen. That is fantastic. And you know what I love? about when you do the homework you never just do the homework you always think about it so deeply and bring it to a space that is I I think I could do a podcast of just you doing homework every week oh my god (laughs) what you do with it is always so incredibly thoughtful and deep and you you bring all this meaning out of things that that you know if I was doing them would just be you know much more simple and straightforward but oh, I, it says the I woman that just the told me the mythology of my birthstone well yeah but I didn't know I don't know I just pulled it out but um but yeah no I think that that's really cool I love that you did that I love and it was funny because when I was reading your notes and you were talking about all the negatives about all of these things that are you and I was like nope Nope, nope, turn that around. And then when you reframed that shit, bitch, I loved it. I have given in to the peer pressure of reframe that shit, bitch, because, Absolutely. because I have started saying it to other people. And so, <gasps> you have, yay. Yeah. And so now that I've said it, I have to hold my own damn feet to the fire. <laughs> All right. I know that you give me credit for reframe that shit, bitch. And I will say that I am the one who put it in these rather crude terms. Fine. But if you go back to the beginning of BSY, it was you who were always telling me to reframe it. Really? That was you. Yeah. When I'm talking about me, you're all about, oh, no, let's reframe that. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you were the one you. who taught me that. <laughs> you were the one who taught me that. So all I have to say is that RTSB is something that you started and it can't be blamed on me. <laughs> I'm just saying. I do love a framework. What can I you say? You do. You do love a framework and you are very, very good at them. So that's fantastic. I think you did an excellent job and I will give you an absolute B, which is the highest that is above A plus. You get a B for badassery. Well, thank you very much. So I'm well, so glad you. that the last homework assignment was the hardest fucking thing you possibly could have given me. I had no idea it would be that hard for you. I, good. I didn't either. But oh my. Aww. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so how were your reflections this week? God, all right. So I have been so desperate, you know, to like be better, to be happy, to not cry anymore. And I've gotten to the point, like basically, you know, throughout the last year, I haven't been able to not cry. Like that hasn't been an option that hasn't been on the table, yeah. you know, in the last few weeks, 
I've been able to kind of lift up a little bit more, feeling better, feeling stronger, you know, having days where I'm actually like genuinely in a good mood, you know, where I'm things so are glad. like genuinely good, right? Yeah. And what that does with me is that like now I'm in a place where I have the strength that I didn't have before. I have the strength to to just pretend that I'm happy and cheerful all the time, you know? Um, and so I've been in this like desperate place where no I'm better now everything's fine I'm healed I don't care anymore I'm good hey, happy you know like that kind of stuff you know <laughs> and that's kind of what got me here in the first place and I need to learn not to do that like if I don't feel the sadness when it comes and sometimes I do still have these moments of sadness you know of course if I don't let it run through me if I resist it I keep it with me yeah. You know, if I let it run through me, it passes out the other side and goes on its way, you know, and I've learned that, like, I know that, and yet I still feel myself not wanting to have those moments of sadness, not wanting to cry, not wanting to feel it, you know, and, um, you know, this whole year of yes is about no resistance to reality, at least for me, you know. Resistance to reality has presented in me traditionally as denial. And I have to promise myself that I won't ever do that again. And living in harmony with reality is the only path to peace that I have ever found, you know. <laughs> and when I speak the truth, I feel peaceful. When I tell my story, I feel peaceful, you know. And it's about saying yes to me, to what I know to be true, you know, instead of telling myself that I'm just not seeing things clearly, you know, um, when I say I'm not seeing things clearly, it's that I don't like what I see and I wish that it weren't true, you know, and I hate that I still have moments where I cry, you know, over him that I still feel so hurt and betrayed and that part of me still loves the man that I thought he was, you know, but I'm further along on this path than I was before and that's because I've been feeling it, you know? And two weeks ago, I was so thrilled to have a few good days. You know, my first response to that was, it's over, I'm healed, all better now, everybody back to, you know, back to work as you were, it's all good, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, after that time, when I started to feel sad, like I rejected it. Last week's episode, I couldn't even engage with the material because that sadness was back. And I was like, fuck, you know, <laughs> I didn't want it. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, like, that is recovery. That's how it works. That's trauma. You know, I was abused by a bad man for six years. Like that doesn't just go away because I have a couple of good days, you know, and I'm always going to have days where I'm sad. I'm going to have days where I miss my husband, the man that I loved, you know, and I can't think of him as a fiction because he was real to me. Like I have to just think of him as dead. I'm a widow. The man that I loved was real to me. And I watched him be murdered in front of my eyes by the man who is now parading around telling people that I'm a liar, which is ridiculous. Cause I thought about that. I'm like, if I was going to lie, wouldn't I make up like a much worse story? Like if I was going to lie, wouldn't I tell a story that is so beyond the pale, evil and awful? Like the story that I told was real and yeah. it was bad, you know, but like if I'm going to lie, 
I'm going to make up something like violent and bloody and, you know, like. Yeah. Well, with your writing talents, I would imagine it would be quite an amazing story. (laughs) And that's how he's convincing people that like I made up all of these people who wrote all of these, you know, all this documentation, these letters, these affidavits that I have, that I just made them up, that I'm a a writer. So I just made them up. I have no idea what he's telling people, you know, but that I think is so ridiculous because I'm a writer. Like if I was going to make up a story, I would make up a much better story than that. (laughs) 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 But, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter, you know, and he doesn't matter like the man that he is for real like doesn't matter you know I haven't found a way to say yes to my dead husband while saying no to this man that exists that is still out there but I'm going to figure that out you know and I need to allow myself that grief and I can't have that grief until I say yes to my dead husband and that's the thing that's been really hard But I think that that's next, saying yes to the grief and to the heartbreak and allowing that love within me to exist while knowing that it doesn't apply to the man that is out there. It applies to the man that I thought he was, you know, without fearing that it's going to somehow make me vulnerable to him again, because that's what he used over the summer, telling me he loved me, telling me he was leaving her, telling me all of these things that were just lies, you know, Um, and I think that. I worry that if I allow myself to love the man that he was, that somehow that's going to make me vulnerable to the man that he is. And I need to release that and let that go. I don't think I'm ever going to be vulnerable to the man that he is again, you know? So my next yes that I have to say is a yes to that grief, to allowing that grief, that last bit of that grief to run through me and to feel it. And I think that once I have, it will be less powerful. I think so too. So that's kind of where I'm going now. Yeah. I I think it's remarkable that you've gotten here and that you chose a visual symbol for yourself. Yeah. You know, that includes protection Mm -hmm. against toxicity um, that acts as a reminder for you all the time. Um, because you're strengthening yourself before you try to go through this process. And that's incredibly important, you know? Yeah. And I don't think you're going to be susceptible to him. I don't think so. I don't think so. He's been trying. Yeah. I I don't (laughs) think so. He's been trying to get back to me. Um, and, and it hasn't worked. So I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? So this week, I actually struggled with the reflection, too. I think I spent so much time fighting the homework. Um, right. <laughs> but I, I thought about how much I'm going to miss PSY. And then I thought about the things I want to say yes to this year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Big Strong Yes has been amazing. It connected me to you mm-hmm. and to the most incredible community of people I've ever known and to new friends that make my life richer and better. And it's also reconnected me to myself in a lot of really important ways. Yeah. You know, I'm going to miss the reading and the discussion and the shared insight and the homework. Um, <laughs> you know, I can still give you homework. You still, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about, you know, moving forward without BSY as like a weekly anchor makes me feel a little lost. But it's been, you know, one of the most incredible learning experiences of my life. And there are mm-hmm. so many things here to guide me. 
you know, I know how to rumble with courage and creativity now in lots of new ways. Mm-hmm. And, and like Shonda rhymes, I'm not done. You know, right. I will always be a work in progress. But it's it's really time to start saying yes to that, that call to adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, so in thinking about what I want to say yes to, it all comes down to that fire. You know, that fire in me, that magical core of myself, the source of my own fierce kindness and badassery. Uh-huh. I want to say yes to igniting it, nurturing it, tending to it, and appreciating it and celebrating it. You know, mm-hmm. the books I want to write, the podcast I want to make, and the stories I want to tell, like all of that creative work starts with sparks in that fire. Mm-hmm. So I have to give myself real time to do the discovery work to find out what it is that fuels that fire, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to have some fun <laughs> yeah, while doing it. Um, <laughs> so that requires self-care and damn it, it requires some self-love because my creative work might not set the world on fire, but it lights me up, you know, Mm -hmm. and no one else can shape the words in exactly the same way that I would because my voice is my own. Damn straight. You know, and like learning to appreciate my voice is one of the biggest takeaways from BSY and Year of Yes. Um, I said no, or more accurately, I said maybe one day. (laughs) To podcasting (laughs) for a long damn time. I mean, Mm -hmm. for years. And when I finally found the courage to say yes, I hated the sound of my voice so Mm -hmm. much. But now, like almost after a year of practice, I can say there are things I appreciate about my voice. I mean, there are things I'd like to improve, but I don't hate the sound of myself talking anymore. Oh, I'm so glad. I love your voice. Oh, thank you. I just say thank you and then shut up. And so (laughs) hearing some other people pick up some of my phrases, um, even hearing you say y'all all the time, like, (laughs) oh, I love it. I know I picked that up from you. And I love it. Seeing hashtags for fierce kindness and define your Mm -hmm. terms like it delights me to no end. And it makes me feel so connected to the folks who Mm -hmm. listen to the show. And so, you know, BSY is one of the best things I ever said yes to. Mm-hmm. has changed me for the better and, and helped me understand the kind of person I want to be and the mm-hmm. kind of things that I want to say yes to in the future. And when we started this, like, I really thought, and I had thought for a long time, that 2018 was going to be some kind of landmark year because I was turning 40 and my son's graduating mm-hmm. from high school. But neither one of those things on their own are actually yeses. Mm-hmm. Like, they're lifetime milestones, But they're not the same as saying yes to something with intention, Mm -hmm. you know. And so a friend reminded me that while 40 was a big year, 42 could actually be more special for me because of the literary magic of that number. Because, y'all, I love The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy (laughs) so, (laughs) so much. Yeah. And then when I went for my annual checkup, my doctor reminded me that, like, our cells remake themselves every seven years. Like, we literally Uh become new people every seven years. Wow. And I love that idea because I believe so much in the power of human development and lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. And so I thought about it and I'm like, my first seven years were about reaching the age of reason and becoming a reader, right? Mm-hmm. Th- that's it. And <laughs> from <laughs> seven to 14, I was an unhappy kid. So life was about books. And from 14 to 21, I was a self-destructive rebel party girl. <laughs> Right. Like from 21 to 28, I learned how to be a mom and got Mm -hmm. through my bachelor's and master's degree and started building a career. And then from 28 to 35, I became a scholar and earned a PhD. And 
Since 35, I've been reconnecting with my creativity and learning how to shift out of survival mode and Mm -hmm. developing good, positive friendships. But there are two years left in this current seven-year cycle. And so, like, I really love the idea of purposely focusing, becoming the kind of person that I want to be. I want to focus on writing and self-care and joy, you know, awe and wonder, adventure and laughter, love and magic. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I want to say yes to. Oh, awesome. I love that. Thanks. So, yeah, it was kind of fun. It took me forever and a day to write it, but <laughs> I was like, I kept saying, I got nothing. I have nothing this week. I have nothing. <laughs> so just, man, like, <laughs> so anyway. So what about overall for the book? What are your reflections for a year of yes? God, you know, I mean, year of yes, this whole experience, like rising strong, we were so deep in the text, you know, and big magic, we were deep in the text. And year of yes, for me, felt more like um, a bouncing off point, Mm -hmm. you know, like, rather than reading the text of what Shonda was talking about, you know, and then reflecting on it, I used her example and took that action. You know, so Year of Yes was really about taking this opportunity to tell my stories, you know, and it was something that I had to do. It was really hard. You know, I'm starting to heal, which is a process that I thought, honestly, would never happen. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think I was ever going to not feel shitty every moment of every day. And I'll tell you, I still feel shitty a lot of days. You know, it's not over yet. But there are days where I don't feel shitty, you know, and I think to me, that is like huge amount of progress, you know, and I don't know if that would have happened, you know, without big, strong, yes, but especially this part of it, where we told our own stories, you know, and I feel a little at sea, you know, a little worried about moving forward without BSY every week. I will tell you this. I go into my therapy every Wednesday and I sit down with Crystal and I say, okay, this is what we talked about on BSY. <laughs> <laughs> and and I always have some kind of insight, something that I got from, you know, th- it, it helps, of course, that like my therapy is on Wednesdays. So it's like right after the show comes out and I listen to it. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'm I'm always thinking about the insights that we get every week from having these discussions and like what's going to happen when we're not doing this every week, which, of course, is part of the reason why I've created this like private weekly thing that we do <laughs> with the yoga goddess. You know, there's, there's that's not a coincidence. I came up with that now. Um, but focusing on Shonda Rhimes and her year of yes, I think that there has been an element of empowerment to that, you know, and yeah. I'm starting my own year of yes, a year of love from me to me. And like her at the beginning of her year of yes, I have no idea what that's going to look like or how it's going to change me, you know, but I'm really interested in finding out. And I have, of course, my triple goddess Trinity to keep me accountable. So it's not a complete cold turkey kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Um, and saying yes, one of the big things I think that I got out of year of yes is that saying yes isn't always about being amenable, Mm -hmm. you know, or just accepting everything that comes your way and saying yes to it, you know, saying yes means saying no when what's coming at you is not good for you. Saying yes isn't about saying yes itself. It's about saying I matter, 
you know? And I think that culturally, and especially as women, you know, um, we worry about selfishness, you know, <laughs> about narcissism, right? Yeah. And I will argue that narcissism, regular narcissism, like sociopathic narcissism, is a completely different beast. That's a whole other thing. But regular narcissism, the thing that we're worried about, you know, isn't self-love. You know, as I've said before on this podcast, it is actually a toxic insecurity. And where we are on the spectrum of self-love to self-loathing, you know, we're in the middle. And that's where a lot of people land, you know. We are taught culturally, especially as women, not to get, what, too full of ourselves, yeah. right? I mean, that's the big thing we're told. Like, what are the words that are used to slam and control women who think well of themselves? Conceited, stuck up, selfish, bossy, loud, right? Loud. The fact that people can hear you is an actual insult that's used toward women, yeah. right? And what are the words we use to compliment women? Demure, soft-spoken, nice, sweet, selfless, pretty right? So the words we need to claim are, you know, reframing that shit, bitch, right? <laughs> Confident, strong, badass, independent, outspoken, bold, right? All of which can be twisted and interpreted to be of the first list that yeah. can be twisted and interpreted to be used as weapons against us. And we have allowed that all of these years, you know, this is, these are the words that people have used, the concepts that people have used to keep women, especially women, but I mean, it does happen to men too, to keep us down, you know? So narcissism isn't excessive self-love. I mean, it is actually toxic self-loathing, as ironic as that sounds, you know? Um, when you are a narcissist, you cannot hear any criticism. You can't be teased. You can't be wrong. You must be perfect because anything less crumbles your sense of self. So you have to reframe every bit of reality around your own perfection, around your own infallibility. And that's ridiculous because nobody is perfect. Nobody is infallible. It is an impossible standard to which you can never, never live up, you know? Yeah. So that's how my mother lived. And I have lived in kind of a constant response and reaction to that, you know, keeping my own sense of self in check, because I never wanted to be her. I never wanted to be unable to take criticism. And as such, I accepted so much criticism that it was actually toxic for me, you know. But the thing is that if I don't want to be her, you know, self-love is the path that leads me farthest away, not self-loathing. You know, so like I said, sociopathic narcissism comes from another much, much darker place. There is no self-loathing there. It is simply that the only thing that truly matters to you is yourself and your needs. I mean, all sociopaths are narcissists, but not all narcissists are sociopaths. <laughs> kind of like all squirrels are furry, but not everything furry is a squirrel, right? So that's, that's a different Talk thing. Talk logic to me, baby. There you go, baby. That's right. Um, so that's like a completely different thing. But I think people with standard, you know, issue narcissism actually can be helped, but they have to be brave enough to see their problems and ask for help, which they are unfortunately fundamentally incapable of doing because they'd have to acknowledge their own imperfection. And it just is something that they can't handle, which is what causes that personality disorder in the first place. It's like you have a poison in your system, but you're even more allergic to the cure, you know? Mm. So it's incredibly sad. And when I think about it, 
I'm so sad for my mother, you know, like I wonder who she might have been if she hadn't been so consumed by that constant fear, if she didn't have to dance every minute, weaving a cocoon of fiction around her because she couldn't love herself even the tiniest bit, you know? And the thing with my mother is she's going to die soon. You know, she's in the last stages of Alzheimer's, which is a disease to which people with NPD are particularly susceptible. You know, narcissists are very susceptible to Alzheimer's. And I think it's because they divorce themselves from reality so regularly that it actually poisons their brains, I'm you know? Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. really sad, you know? And, and as her daughter, I think that learning to love myself, to say yes to that is a way to honor her and the woman that she might have been if she had just been a little bit stronger, if she had just been a little bit braver, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can be strong and I can be brave and I can forgive her and move on from what she did to me when I was a kid, you know? And that for me is what the year of yes gave me, the courage to say yes to the things that scare me, the courage to say no to living my entire life as this reaction to my mother's life, you know, and rather live my life as a fulfillment of a potential that she could never reach, which if, I mean, I don't think that given who she is, that she would think enough about me to want that. But like as a mother, that's what I would want for my kids. I would want whatever my failings were, wherever I fell down, to give them something that would make them stronger, would make them better. Oh, you know? absolutely. I mean, and yeah, that's how you break a cycle. And it's, yeah, it's so hard to do. And so the fact that you're able to see that, you know, and, and to put that in perspective is, is really remarkable. Yeah. I don't know about remarkable, but it's, it's what I'm going to try to do. And I think it's, it's a lot of what year of yes has given me. So what were your reflections on year of yes as a whole? So Year of Yes gave me a lot of clarity um, and a new appreciation for the concept of badassery. And it gave me the catalyst that I needed to start telling some of my own stories. Um, mm-hmm. Year of Yes plus the notorious Lonnie Diane Rich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it gave me the courage to stand with you through BSY24, mm-hmm. um, which was one hell of an experience. And yeah. it also gave me the total and complete joy of hearing our community say, and I am beautiful. Oh um, my God. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, me too. And I think year of yes is a model for waking up, you know, mm-hmm. for tuning in, for honoring your authentic self and being real and open and honest with myself and with the universe mm-hmm. about the things I really want to say yes to instead mm-hmm. of the things I think I should say yes mm-hmm. to is a big change yes. for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and Year of Yes also gave me a glimpse of how difficult some of those yeses are going to be. You mm-hmm. know, this kind of work is sacred and it's hard as hell, but I reckon if it was easy, then life would just be a game and we'd never have to actually risk anything real. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> sure. I carry the voices of Brene Brown, Elizabeth Gilbert, and Shonda Rhimes in my heart, and I can hear them asking me, what do you want? Mm-hmm. No. What do you really want? Like (laughs) shine light on that true part of yourself, baby, and get in that arena. Fight Uh for what you really want. More importantly, fight for who you really are and be kind to yourself while you do it. Um, But that kind of clarity ain't easy, y'all. Like (laughs) 
requires the courage to look into your own heart without holding yeah. back, to unearth the magic inside of yourself, and to make space in your life to strive towards the right yeses. Mm-hmm. So instead of being forever caught in the purgatory of never good enough and who do you think you are, like, <laughs> I want to switch my inner pendulum to swing between what do you want and what do you need and trust myself to remain empathetic and giving and fiercely kind while also caring for giving and being fiercely kind to myself. You know, I want to be as, mm. as in tune and as accepting of myself as Shonda Rhimes is of herself while honoring my gifts and talents the way she honors hers. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to find my own version of the sun and my own version of the chocolate factory. So mm-hmm. Year of Yes gave me a blueprint to do that, like a direction to follow for the next year and a framework of messy to fall back on if things mm-hmm. don't go as planned. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. I got to say, though, to switch the pendulum between what do you want and what do you need? And to get rid of never good enough and who do you think you are? I think that alone is worth everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might take a while. <laughs> it's yeah, but you know what? That's fantastic. That's exactly what that needs to be. It would, you know, I love that. It would be better than <laughs> the way it swings right now. Than the way that we are right now. Right. Yeah. I know. Because the way that we are right now, that pendulum, every time it swings, it cuts into us. Mm-hmm. You know, and to take that away, to not allow it to hurt us, no matter which way it's swinging. What do you want? What do you need? Yep. Those are the questions. Those are the questions. Yeah. That's incredible. And, and to trust that I'm not going to become, you know, a self-centered, cold-hearted bitch in the process no i i think i have enough sense of self to do that yeah and self-love is the path self-loathing brings us closer to the thing that we are afraid of Mm -hmm. you know that's incredible so thank you (laughs) so what are your big ideas like what are you keeping from your yes God, I mean, the big thing is no resistance to reality. Yeah. You know, no more denial. I'm going to say yes to what's true, what's real, you know, even when I don't like it, even when I wish that it was different. Um, And yes, to the whole truth. Yeah. And just accepting that for what it is and then letting those cards fall where they may and (laughs) playing them as they land, you know, and trusting myself enough that I can I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about you? What are you taking away from it? So I'm taking away defining my terms in my own life, mm-hmm. defining my terms outside of philosophical space, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, saying yes to badassery on a new level, uh, honoring my own creative version of her five mile run, which yeah. I think is incredibly important, um, mm-hmm. and saying yes to no when I need to say no. Yes. Very good. New and different. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what about strong challenges? What are you still resisting from your yes? God, you know, like I'm at this point where I'm not resisting anything. I'm like, all right, bring it on. Bring it on, baby. Whatever. I resist nothing anymore. Like just whatever it is you got to hit me with, go ahead and hit me with it. (laughs) Hot damn. (laughs) I will grade your strong challenge as a (laughs) beat. Thank you very much. Thank you. So how about you? So my first reaction was to say, I'm still resisting the whole concept of yes to beautiful. But you know what? Like, fuck that noise. 
All right. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Beauty is subjective and it can't be quantitatively measured. Beauty is also a social construct with trends coming yes. and going, including body types and facial features. And who knows, like in another day and time, I might have been worshipped as a freaking goddess. So you are like, a freaking goddess. <laughs> my real beauty is a reflection of the people who love me as much as it is mm-hmm. a reflection of my own like inner joy. Yeah. And when I love someone, they are fucking beautiful to me. And I do not mean mm-hmm. that in like a pandering way. I mean, mm-hmm. the people that I love glow. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. so why should that be different for me? Mm-hmm. And saying, and I am beautiful is not about evaluating how I look. It's about honoring myself. And uh-huh. this is the only body I have and it carries my soul and it deserves to be loved. So. Oh my God. Dr. Jones. <laughs> I yes. don't think I would ever hear you say that. That is fantastic. You know, we went through this whole thing about how I'm a preacher, but I cannot even tell you how many times just tonight alone, I've wanted to raise my hand and say, amen. <laughs> Story. Hallelujah, baby. Story. Hallelujah, baby. I love it. That is fantastic. Good for you. Well, you know, when you're around this woman that makes you say, and I'm beautiful 15 times a day. <laughs> eventually that well, shit starts good. to sink in. <laughs> good. If it, if it just did that, then I am happy. I am thrilled. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that it makes you happy. I am thrilled. That was fantastic. Good for you. So what about our final yes? What are you going to say yes to this year? Well, you know, I've got my project. Yeah. I am saying yes to being my own one true love. I love that. That is, that is what I'm doing. So how about you? I want to say yes to the fire. Like to the magic of it in every possible way. And mm-hmm. I want to say yes to the alchemy of becoming and see where it takes yeah. me. Um, and I'll be with you on that project. <laughs> Yes, because I've dragged you into that as well. This is the thing. Like, I really can't help it. I don't mean to do this, but I I didn't even think about, like, whether you guys would do this with me. I was like, okay, we're doing this. (laughs) Hey, where you lead, I will follow, baby. It's good. (laughs) And it will be fun, you know? Yes, I think so. And it's important work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my holy preacher tells me, Thou shalt say, and I am beautiful. Damn it. <laughs> That's right. I will say the word. That's right. <laughs> so what was your favorite part of Year of Yes? God, I think my favorite part of the book itself was when Shonda claimed her own badassery. Yeah. You know, like, I love her strength and her ability to know herself and value herself. Um, she had that same kind of inclination that like all of us have when she was talking about that, you know, that, that luncheon with all these women and they were all like, Oh no, no, no. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and she did it too. Right. But she turned that around like without a problem. She just recognized it and was like, Oh no, we're not doing that, <laughs> you know, and, and then changed it. And I think that she set such a wonderful example, you know, for how to do that, how to just claim that badassery. And be that thing, you know? Um, And that was, I think, honestly, it was my favorite moment the first time I read the book. It was my favorite moment this time. It was, there's just so much power in her doing that. And I love it. How about you? What was your favorite part? 
So I think my favorite part of Year of Yes was the musical language, um, which comes from her authentic badassery and mm-hmm. the depth of sharing and then watching Shonda Rhimes learn to love all of herself. Yeah. But I think that in terms of conceptual frameworks, like the things that will stay with me forever are the mm-hmm. hum, you know, the yeah. hum, the hum, the hum, la- laying track, the five mile run that dictionary style definition of badassery and swagger like oh god they just lit my heart up and Mm -hmm. i love her unapologetic storytelling style you know her unique voice her humor her insight Mm -hmm. um i just i really love the book and i'm really glad we read it together i am too thank you so much these three books you said lonnie you gotta read these (laughs) (laughs) and then i said kelly you got a podcast with me about them (laughs) And I said, what? (laughs) And here we are, 30 episodes later. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, it will be fun to talk about some of those big favorite moments next week. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be really good. Absolutely. So I think that wraps us up for Year of Yes, our last book. That does it. That does it. Wow. All right. Y'all. We are most active on Twitter. So <laughs> follow hashtag Big Strong Yes for comments and discussion. You can follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones. You can also email us at bsy at chipperish.com. Yes. And if you like Big Strong Yes, here's how you can support the show. Review us on Apple Podcasts, tweet at us with the hashtag Big Strong Yes, and support Chipperish at patreon.com slash chipperish, which also gets you into the Discord chat, which is an amazing place to talk about everything we're doing on BSY, because that will be continuing. That community will still be, you know, there and vibrant. Um, And also, Chipperish is also about stories and storytelling. So it's a great place to talk about the stories you love. And don't forget to hang on after the music um, at the end of this episode because that's when we're going to have our uh, big strong yes finale uh, voicemails from the community and those are always really fun to hear yeah they are thank you to everyone who called in for that so you'll hear their voices after the closing quote it was Mm -hmm. my turn to choose our closing quote this week yeah so our final year of yes closing quote comes from the one and only Shonda Rhimes from her glamorous 2014 woman of the year speech And she said, the best stories are often true. The narrative of human life is most beautiful when told truthfully and without boundaries. Big Strong Yes is a Chipperish Media production and is entirely funded by listeners like you. To find out how you can support Big Strong Yes and everything Chipperish Media does, visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Thanks, y'all. Hey, Lonnie and Kelly, it's Anna. Year of Yes was the BSY book that cooked for me. I am that person who says no. I say no to myself as often as I say it to my friends, my family, and to professional opportunities. Where does that no come from? It comes from fear. It comes from insecurity. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of failure and rejection. But like Shonda, I've also tried to say yes. Last year, I said yes to my body and lost 45 pounds. Last year, I said yes to going to an event that would stop multiple anxiety-related triggers, and I had a great time. But I still say no. I say no because I respect myself and my mental health. 
I say no because I can't always be brave. I say no because it's not a switch and it's going to take time. Like Shonda, I believe in doing, not just dreaming. I believe in seeing my friends for who they are and not for who I need them to be. And I believe in being present in my own life. Lonnie and Kelly, thank you for BSY and thank you for sharing your stories these last few months. Your voices brought my Wednesdays joy, clarity, and resolve. You joked before about Brene Brown, Elizabeth Gilbert, and Shonda Rhimes all sharing badassery and mimosas. I like to think that someday our BSY community will do the same. Hey, it's Brianna, and I just wanted to say the year of yes has been amazing. You guys going into your personal stories and sort of really working through even more of your stuff and listening to you laugh and share and support one another and support all of us has been great. And so I love the year of yes part of Big Strong Yes. I'm kind of sad it's over, and I'm looking forward to everything you both do next. Hi, Lonnie. Hi, Kelly. It's Noelle. I thought Year of Yes was going to be easy. Women telling their own stories lights me right up. Memoir is my nonfiction upper of choice. But Year of Yes kicked my ass. Is kicking my ass. You're done, but I'm still slogging through. That's right. Forgive me, Dr. Jones, for I have sinned. I did not complete the reading. But I'm showing up for class anyway. Or is it story church now? You know, I was going to be all snarky about that, but no, it is story church. We started out as a podcast audience, but we've turned into a fellowship of fierce kindness. The BSY community on Twitter and Discord is unlike any other group I've ever been a part of. It is a congregation of whole truth speakers and holy story receivers. I was always afraid that if I told the whole truth, or even part of the truth, that people would recoil. How could you think such a thing? Want such a thing? Who do you think you are? But the friends I've made through Big Strong Yes do the opposite. They lean into hard conversations. They're happy to shine empathy on each other. They're happy to shine empathy on me, which is sort of overwhelming. But I'm saying yes. Yes to receiving support. Yes to leaning on, reaching out, checking in, speaking up, showing up. Yes to light and sound and not toning it down. Yes to expanding. Yes to softness. Yes to strength. Yes to power. Yes to scars. Yes to falling apart. Yes to gathering around. Yes to being face down in the mud because if there's mud everywhere, you haven't hit the no fucks bedrock yet. Yes to digging. Yes to sharing tools. Yes to story, mine and yours, shared or not. Yes to spotlights. Lighting up dark corners under beds, secret passageways, exposing the monsters for who and what they are. Yes to safety in numbers. Yes to the full body prayer of tears. 
Yes to crying together. Yes to wearing waterproof mascara on Wednesdays. Yes to standing the hell back up. Yes to hacking the crate up into creative firewood. Yes to clarity of vision and I can't hear you unless you end with and I am beautiful. Yes to who you are, who you truly are. Yes to loving her. I love her and I love you. When I called in for the finale for Rising Strong, I talked about the community. Two more books and a year later and it's still all about the community. The community I didn't know I needed, the people with whom I can say you are not alone. I will be forever grateful and awed by Lonnie and Kelly's bravery in telling their stories so that we may know that we are not alone and that we are badass and that we are beautiful. Thank you so much for all that you have done for all of us and for being brave and strong, sharing your stories. Love to you all. Hi, Lonnie and Dr. Kelly. This is Holly from Washington State. Year of Yes was my favorite book of the three that we read. I really enjoyed it. I've never watched Grey's Anatomy, but after reading so many behind-the-scenes things in the book, I really want to watch the show now. I want to say I appreciate so much both of you opening up and sharing with us information from your lives and your challenges on this podcast. I'm sure it was very hard for you to do. I want you to know it was very helpful to those of us listening. Um, it's helpful to hear others' experiences. You can relate them to your own and feel connected. I know that's obvious, right? It's a human thing. But um, it helped this human. <laughs> so thank you. And I'm sad that this is the last book for BSY. I'm really going to miss this podcast. Thank you both so much. Bye-bye.